Hello and welcome to Best Thing, the podcast with me, Daniel Johnson. Today's guest is the very talented Jordan Luke Gage. Right now he's in the West End playing lead Romeo in and Juliet and he's absolutely smashing it. He's also a songwriter, an accomplished guitar player and apparently a fanatic when it comes to Greek mythology. We'll be finding out a little bit more about that later. Jordan's going to be talking us through his five best things to do with food, TV and film, music, travel and something random of his choice. Not only that, we've also got Adam Harris's Fat Chicken, where he's going to be fact-checking some of those wonderful questions that never get answered. Also, we've got Bethia Speaks bringing us brand new music every single podcast. Now that's jam-packed. Next, Fat Chicken, followed by the interview with Jordan Luke Gage. Okay, here's today's Fat Chicken. People always say this one, and it's, there are more people alive today than have ever died. Is it true? Find out at the end of the podcast. So I've got Jordan Luke Cage with me. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm so good. Do you know what? It's really nice because we're just talking. We haven't seen each other for a very long time because... It's probably are, 10 years, You're maybe. a superstar. That's right. Oh, you're please. a superstar. You are. I mean, you're doing so, so well. Thank you. How's it been? I mean, you know, obviously not being able to do your job right now is, is, is quite difficult. Mm-hmm. But before that, how has that experience I been? I mean, it's been like an absolute roller coaster of probably the last four or five years, I'd say. Because... Obviously, I went to like drama school and then sometimes it happens for people straight away and then sometimes people take a few years to get into it and kind of get their break. And I was definitely the latter. It took me probably three or four years before I actually started to establish myself in the industry. Um, so it's it's been amazing, but I, I couldn't have wanted any other, any other um, route to get there, if you know what I mean, because it's made me appreciate it so much more, the fact that I have had to work so hard for it. Um, so yeah, it's pretty amazing. I'm very happy with where I'm at right now. <laughs> I think the challenge, isn't it? I think if you've got a bit of a tra- challenge and a bit of a struggle in life, you actually succeed more because you, it's not just given to you. If you went mm-hmm. out of, if you came out of, you know, as uh, st- drama school, stage school, and you just got a job, you're like, oh, this is easy. I can right. do this anyway. But if you wait a minute, I, I don't, this didn't work how I wanted. Yeah. You got to fight. Right. And I think I actually, while I was at drama school, I thought it would be easy for me. I think because I was excelling at drama school and I was always kind of, I hate to say it, but like one of the top of the class, if you know what I mean. And the you teachers- can say it. <laughs> Look at you. It's fine. <laughs> and the teachers would always praise me and tell me that I was going to go on to do great things. So then when it didn't happen straight away, I was kind of like, there was this level of frustration. But um, yeah, like I said, I am so glad that it did work out like that because now I really appreciate the people that do have to kind of work in bars and restaurants and be waiters and do jobs that they don't necessarily want to do, but they have to because they know where their journey is going to go. So yeah, I'm very thankful for it actually. So your first uh, category in best thing is food. What is your relationship with food? Oh, I love food. I'm such a foodie. (laughs) Honestly, I've recently really got into cooking because of lockdown, obviously. Um, And yeah, just all different cuisines, to be honest, I don't really have a particular dish that is like when somebody says, what is your last dish that you would have on earth? I don't actually know, but I do know that it would be something maybe pan-Asian, Ooh. Vietnamese. I'm obsessed with Vietnamese food. Um, maybe dim sum. Yeah, kind of that whole, 
that whole area. This is just food. There's not a best thing. It is your category is food. Really. <laughs> all of it. All, all of food. it. Yeah. I mean, where do you where do you go to get this food? You know, you you live in London. You mm-hmm. live in Clapham and stuff. It's like great places to go. Oh for my food. god, so many. I mean, London just kind of has everything that you would need. I'd say. Soho definitely has a, a load of great Vietnamese restaurants. There's one called Viet, which is my favourite. Big shout out. <laughs> Big shout out to Viet. <laughs> um, yeah, they do great summer rolls if you're ever there. Um, but definitely Asian. Asian cuisine is my favourite. Also love a bit of Italian. I mean, who doesn't like What's Italian? Yours? What's yours? Uh, oh, you're telling the crushes back yeah. in here. Uh, yeah, I'm probably like Spanish. Oh, like interesting. Paella? Yeah, Paella? yeah, yeah. Like, I, I love all that kind of picky food, but uh-huh. I don't actually want to share with anyone. I just want to have <laughs> yeah. the dishes all for yourself. and they're mine. Okay, so you've actually come from the gym. So, you you know, mm-hmm. you, you do work out and, you, you know, you're quite a fit guy and you have to be because you've got to do a show. How many nights a week do you do the show? We do eight shows a week, so six <sighs> nights a week. Yeah, Goodness. it's intense. <laughs> Is that just one day off, like a Sunday? When do you one have- Sunday off, and it doesn't even feel like a day off because... <laughs> We obviously work Saturday night. You get home, then it's like midnight. You have the whole of Sunday, but then you're back at work on Monday. It just feels like, where was my weekend? You can never do anything with your friends. or oh, Yeah, it is. That is the worst thing about the job is the hours, I'd say. Because working evenings as well, having a lot of friends who aren't performers, you don't get to go for like these dinner parties and... So there are so many sacrifices that you make as a performer. People, people kind of think it's so easy for you and you've got like this amazing life. And it is, and I love it so much, but there are definitely sacrifices that you have to make. A massive sacrifice. I mean, so I was, I was going to bring it back a little bit to food. Do you watch your diet? Are you, are you thinking mm. about what you're eating? You know, because you are in shape. And so are, do you give yourself like a cheat day or what, what do you do? Yeah, it depends, if, it depends how vigorous I am with like my training. If I'm trying to work towards something, like maybe a role that I need to be in a particular shape for then I do really like get a bit obsessed with it and count the calories and make sure I'm eating all the right things. And I will give myself like a cheat meal um, once a week. I like the fact that he said cheat meal not, and not <laughs> day. I know some people say cheat day and then they just eat whatever they, whatever they want all day. I don't know if that's how it's supposed to work. But yeah, I do let myself off once in a while. At the moment, I'm not working towards anything. So I'm kind of just going to the gym and eating what I want when I want I bet it's still healthy though whatever it's, it's fine. as healthy as yeah as healthy. <laughs> I've tried to cut out chocolate that's like my downfall Whoa. chocolate I've just um, I've got such a sweet tooth yeah, so the too. second that there's any chocolate in front of me I just eat the whole bar I can't do like the one square situation so oh, when people have one square and then they put it back in the fridge or the like, cupboard who I'm are like, you what are, are you, you the doing? devil <laughs> but when they do it and they make you do it I'm like, I'm like no. No, no you've not met me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chocolate is my my thing. I think it's really funny. If you think about this situation. Everyone's been in their houses and they've been with you. you you've been with your your mum, haven't you? Yeah, I came down to isolate because mm. she's got a bigger house than where I live in London. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice to walks around here, that kind of thing. So yeah, I've come I'm with my mum. Yeah. Is she good at cooking? Because she she whip up something nice. Do you know she is. But I mean, have... she might listen to this. So just say yes. Okay, sorry, mum. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's she's a good cook, but we have very different styles of food. My mum is very simple in terms of like what she'll eat on the plate. It will be like chicken and potatoes and vegetables, which is fine. Yeah, like I like that now and again. But I also like to experiment and I don't know make curries and like noodle dishes. And she she isn't <laughs> as experimental as I am. <laughs> would she eat your food? Would she eat your food? She will, and yeah. I do okay. cook for her like. Every now and again, like maybe twice a week, I'll nice. cook like a big dish for all of us. But most of the time she, she looks at my food and she's like, oh my God, what is that? Like, I couldn't eat that. <laughs> she's very, very judgy with food. I kind of like that. So kind of, 
if you're thinking about your sort of best thing about food, it's probably just eating it, being healthy with it. Mm. You kind of like, you know, uh, forest cuisine, so you like Vietnamese food and stuff yeah. like that. Um, now I'm quite hungry. I think I might have to oh, try and get someone. Should we order some Vietnamese? I think we should try and do that. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, Jordan, we're going to be talking about travel next. Traveled a lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got Darcy. She's coming to say hello. Hi, Hi Darcy. Darcy. Oh, you doing? She's so cute. She she heard about your traveling story. She was like, she oh, wants to let me know, let me know, let me know. Darcy, come over. Come here. Come here. You can come sit with me. There you go. Oh, she always so makes a, a little uh, entrance in the podcast. <laughs> there you go. You can come sit here. There you go. Okay, that's okay, fine. So yeah, travel. Mm. Um, where did you go? Oh God, I've done so much traveling. Actually, I've di- I did all of Australia a few years ago and did like Tanzania and then last year I did Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, Singapore and Indonesia and then I also travelled around Italy and Greece a few years ago. I love travelling, it's like, it's one of my, my absolute loves i feel like you fitted it in before this lockdown you just got like most of it done yeah, no. <laughs> you're like i'm not gonna do traveling for a while because i'm gonna get this awesome west end show and uh, <laughs> I, i'm not gonna be able to travel or fly anywhere so. uh, i know yeah i tried to get it out of my system i guess it's almost like i knew it was coming has it always been a thing you did did you do it when you were younger was it um we've we always went on holidays when we were younger um my mum's never really been good at flying she's she's got kind of a fear of planes um so we never really went long haul when I was a child so I think that was probably something that I always was like yearning to experience um so as soon as I could like when I was 18 I just like flew to the states and um yeah since then I've just I just love seeing different cultures and I'm such like a summer boy I just love being in the sun and in the heat so I would always choose to go to a country that is warm I've not really done a whole lot of like Iceland and the cold places I really want to do Iceland I do I want to do Iceland I want to do the fjords like Norway all of that um, okay so it's it's one of the things when you kind of go around and you notice other cultures other food um, and just even religions and stuff like that like different ways of people doing stuff I went to Vietnam I, uh, you said before that mm-hmm. you went what did you think about Vietnam? Oh my God, I loved it so much. It was definitely my favorite place in Asia that I've been to. I think just because each of the different cities and towns is so vastly different to the next. Like you've got like sand dunes in this place called Muni. And then you've got like the most beautiful beaches. You've got like the cities in Saigon. Um, and then there's like the mountains in Sapa in the north. It was just like such an incredible experience to just see so much culture in one country I couldn't actually believe that it was one country if you know what I mean um and the food obviously my favorite food um and the people as well I found the people to be some of the nicest people that I've I've met considering what what because you know you might have gone to the museum in Ho Chi Minh and stuff like that yeah. considering what happened to these people their oh history you know with the with the with the French and the Americans and stuff like that it was they were treated so badly and Terrible. it was like they were caught in the middle they you know, you, you go around, if you, if you ever get a chance to go to Ho Chi Minh and you haven't been mm-hmm. before, listeners, um, there's this museum and there's these pictures of what happened and what happened afterwards. And it's just so sad, but you meet the people mm-hmm. and they're like, hey. Yeah, and everybody, you? and all of the people that you meet has have lost somebody during that war. It's the same with Cambodia as well. Such a, such a sad, devastating country in terms of what they've been through. But you would never know that from meeting the people. Like their outlook on life is so positive. How did you find crossing the road? Oh gosh, 
mad. It took me about 20 minutes, I think, on my first day to pluck up the courage to cross. There's just motorbikes everywhere. It's like madness. And there's no, not, no real traffic lights. People are just going for it. Yeah, that was scary. Someone came up to me and they went, um, don't wait, just go, because they'll just move out of your way. And I was like, what? But it's honestly, you just had to cross the road. Yeah, you do. And then they would just move around you. They will. But then when I was in uh, Hanoi, they were just on the pavement. And I was like, oh, is there anywhere I can be that's safe? It's, it's incredible. And I've never been so sweaty in my entire life, though. I have to say, I it, had to change heat. my clothes. Oh my God, so it's very times. dry heat. Very dry. So, so dry. But I, I felt like the culture was, and like you, you are right, from north to south, and we kind of did north to south, it was so different culturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. There was this place called Phong Na, which I don't know if you went to, but that was my favorite part because it was that's where the biggest caves in the world are. And they were so incredible. It was like right up in the mountains. I went traveling on my own. So it was, Whoa. yeah. So it was that in itself was such an enlightening experience. And then to be like in the middle of nowhere, like surrounded by these beautiful caves and countryside, like gives you so much time to reflect and think about your life. And I think it's really great. I think everybody should do it. I think it's really good for your mental health to, to kind of go away on your own. I, th- I, won't, I don't like going to the cinema by myself. Really? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm brave enough. I mean, that's, okay. that is super brave. Was your mum okay with you doing that? I know your mum's a warrior. We love mums. She is a warrior. But I think she knows that I'm just that kind of person. Like, I've always been very independent. And I think she's just is used to it now. She was definitely worried. She cried at the airport when I left. But she knows that nothing she could say would stop me. So she just kind of accepts it now, I think, and lets me do my own thing. But yeah, it was an amazing experience. I think I would actually struggle more traveling with somebody. I think I'd find them. I think they were just great on me. I need my own space. I love people, but I'm also a bit of a like introvert as well, I'd say. so. That, that's completely fine. I, I, completely, I live by myself as well, apart from my, with my dog. Hi, Darcy. Um, did, you go on to, did you go on the boat? And I think it's Halon Bay. Did you Halon do Bay? that? No, so I had to pick between doing that or going to Sapa and doing like a trek through the mountains and I just I went with Sapa I think you may have gone for the right really yeah, yeah I mean Halon Bay was fine but it's it's quite touristy it, there's a lot of people there and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I didn't really want I wanted an experience that most tourists wouldn't get if you know what I mean I actually went with two friends I went with a friend called Tom and, and Heather and there was just three of us and everyone kept on asking us like how do you how are you are you with them or are you together or all this stuff and and we just said that we just uh, just a threesome <laughs> people are like oh okay yeah we just just all together one weird relationship <laughs> very weird relationship so uh the best thing about travel is probably vietnam best i'd place? say so so far yeah vietnam so far he's already planning to go oh, okay. next to south america that's on my list next on his own <laughs> he doesn't want to go with anyone it's fine uh next up we're gonna be talking about music yeah Hi everyone, it's Bethia here from Bethia's Beats. My chosen artist for this week is the very talented Brooke. Her sound has been described as cinematic electronica and she writes all of her own material herself about our world, climate change, as well as other socio-political issues. She's an absolutely incredible artist and completely breathtaking to watch live. Brooke has very recently released her latest single, Reasoning. Here's a snippet of it playing in the background, but if you'd like to listen to the full song, it will be playing at the end of the podcast, and all of the details for Brooke's social media and where to find the song will be below. Thank you very much, and see you next time. And I can't take your hand off. 
Jordan, we're talking music. Now, yes. I know you love music. I love music. When was the first time you think that you heard music? Like, like, do you remember being a toddler? Do you remember being sort of like, you know, five or six or, you know? I remember just being at home and always listening to 80s music. That was the music that I grew up listening to. I think because my parents, that's like always been their favorite genre. So it was always like Tina Turner and... Prince and uh, Freddie Mercury, like they were always the artists that I grew up listening to. I didn't really know anyone from the 90s at that time. Obviously, you know, like the Spice Girls and all that from kids at school. Whoop, whoop. Shout out to the Spice Girls. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was always the 80s for me. That's that's something that always gives me so much nostalgia anytime I hear one of those songs. I think it's because the music was just so different back then. Like, it, I feel like it tells a story. I don't know if you agree, but... Like when you listen to like David Bowie's lyrics or Prince's lyrics, it, it paints like a thousand pictures in your mind. And yeah, it just, I love that. I love that whole era. I think that they were super experimental because it wasn't just musicianship. Mm. It was keyboards and synths and, right, the and those sort of things come on. And so you, you had the arrhythmics as well in Sweet uh-huh. Dreams. And, you know, you had Cars and, you know, Gary Newman. And you know, they had all these sort of things. Or Was it Gary Newman or Gary Oldman? I always get, one's an actor, one's a singer. Gary Oldman is the actor. Thanks for that. Um, so, so 80s kind of was your kind of decade mm. that you kind of liked the music and stuff like that. Um, when you were younger... Mm. And you were kind of in your teenage years and stuff like that. What were you listening to? Did you kind of rebel and you kind of found, I know, the Beatles White Album or you were like, I really like Nirvana now or just... I kind, you... of, I kind of went into like an emo stage. Did where, you really? Yeah, where I was listening to like My Chemical Romance. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it <laughs> Panic well. at the Disco. It was like Fall Out Boy. They were all like my... That was my vibe when I was like maybe 13 till 16. Went to loads of their concerts. Um... So yeah, that was that kind of took over from the 80s, but 80s was still very prominent for me when I was growing up. And also I've always just really been influenced by acoustic music and singer-songwriters, like loved Imogen Heap. I remember that very vividly when I was at school. Like Ben Howard, Paolo Nutini, they were all... I just loved music. I just loved listening to loads of different genres of music. I always found like music would move me more than anything else. And I could just sit in my room and listen to something and cry. <laughs> Which sounds so so dark and miserable. Wait, but... so, you, so you go on holiday by yourself and now you just sit in your room and cry. I oh mean, God, I'm really painting a picture of are, are you okay? <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I think that's the same as every sort of teenager. Mm. That they kind of, I mean, to be honest, I think I was listening to like weird R&B quite loudly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, see, R&B has never really been my thing. Has it not? I do like, I appreciate it. I like it. If I'm in a club and but there's R&B's not a, on. There's not a story there, is there? There's, no, <laughs> there's no story. And I don't know. It just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't that hit me the same way. I appreciate it. I, I like that that's yours. You can, uh, you can play um, guitar. I've, re- yeah, very recently been teaching myself, maybe like seven, eight months ago. What? Yeah, I just kind of. I think you're a natural. Thanks. I mean, I'm getting better. I think lockdown has helped because like I've never had so much time to practice. And also I've been doing loads of these cameo things. I've, I've seen some of these that you've been yeah. posting and stuff like that. How's that been? That's been great. Like it's just kind of doing birthday messages for people or doing covers of songs. So it makes me learn 
my guitar better. You're like David Hasselhoff. I swear he does these as well. <laughs> David Hasselhoff, Caitlyn Jenner, they all do it. Do they all do it? They all do it, yeah. Kim I mean, Woodburn, they, doesn't she Kim do Kim Woodburn, does, they, they charge a lot more than I do, but yeah, um, it's great. It's been keeping me busy, actually. Yeah, and well, pays the bills. Pays the bills. Pays the bills. And it's fun. It's, it's like an entertaining way to fill my day. Um, if you could go to any concerts when we're allowed to and stuff like that, mm. um, is there any act or, or singer that you've not seen or have seen a couple of times? You like every time they play, I want to see them again. Who's the kind of go-to now? Okay, so my favourite band is the 1975. It's so cool. I You're just... a little bit like them. Do you think? Yeah. That is the biggest compliment you could ever give me. <laughs> I am obsessed with their music. That is like an example of music that makes me cry. <laughs> Even though like a lot of it is upbeat there are just some they've got so many beautiful songs on their albums where like it's just all about the orchestration and the the instruments that they choose um there's one song called if i believe you which if you haven't listened to it you should go and listen to it it's like seven minutes long there's this whole trumpet solo in the middle and it just it it like transports me to a different world it just every time i hear their music it makes me feel something so i love them i would definitely go and see them afterwards and then my favorite artist is probably jp cooper oh yeah just because he is vocally like one of my inspirations he's just got such an amazing tone his version of <clears throat> let's say the word x factor is <laughs> wicked X-factor. have you heard it oh yeah the lauren yeah, hill yeah uh-huh Ugh. that's awesome he's so good so good i actually saw him he was supporting weirdly enough ella henderson Oh, he was on his tour. Yeah, like a few years back. yeah. She was she was touring out, and she kind of was doing quite well. And then he was the support, and he was like, "I don't really, thought, I didn't really think any of these people would be my people, but actually, you are." So uh-huh. I kind of enjoyed this. But yeah, he was yeah. super. super He kind awesome. of started very like not many people knew him. No, a few years ago, but I I did. I remember like six seven years ago, he was still one of my favorite singers then, and then he kind of broke into the mainstream when he did like September Song and all of that. And I'm glad that more people know who he is now. But I do still love his older stuff. Do you do you really mean that? Because I think sometimes when I uh, when I have an artist and I love and I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be great if people know him. And then when people know him, I'm like, no, but you don't know him like I know. Him. Yeah, like, <laughs> I do. He's mine. <laughs> I do feel like that. I'm like uh, when people are like, oh, JP Cooper is so good. Like September song is my favorite. So I'm oh. like, guys, you need to listen to the old stuff. But <laughs> but I, I I'm happy for him that he's now known in a wider variety. Yeah. And like because he deserves to be. He's such an amazing talent. He's pretty talented. Yeah. I, I, I think I think maybe we could work out that we can get you to write with him. That because that would be insane. I, I mean, have no he power, tweeted, by the He way, did so. tweet me once. What? I did, did a cover. You, you I did, did a, a song, didn't you? Yeah, I did a cover of one of his songs, which mm. is one of my favorite songs, for my cons- for my solo concert, which was supposed to be in March, which obviously got cancelled because of lockdown. I know. So that was a shame. But I was going to do one of his songs, and so I just posted like a rehearsal clip. And he somehow saw it and he he retweeted it and was like, this is awesome, like amazing oh, job. We're going to post it in this as well so yeah, people can see the rehearsal clips there, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was cool, that was really cool. So, okay, so you kind of would say it started off 80s and if you think about the music taste of 1975, they're kind of, even though they're called 1975, they kind of have an 80s kind of feel because they're experimental and I right. think that they went through a really long road to become the band they are. I think they had many name changes mm-hmm. and many different band members and stuff like that. And it's perseverance like you. You have perseverance. You never give up. And that's been your journey. And I, we spoke about it right at the beginning, but tell us a little bit about the role you're playing in Anne Juliet. Right. Yeah, so I'm playing Romeo in Anne Juliet. The lead. <laughs> He's playing the lead. lead. <laughs> and a lot of people say, why is it called Anne Juliet, not Romeo and Juliet? And it's basically because it starts at the end of the play. So Romeo has just taken his own life 
And then Juliet... Is that you finished? Is that you well, done? That's what you would, that's what you would think. <laughs> People would always say, how are you in the show then? But um, Juliet, she picks up the dagger and she's contemplating taking her own life. But in our show, the twist is that she kind of looks at the dagger and she goes, well, I've only known him for four days, which is in Shakespeare's play. They've known each other for four days. They've been together for four days. So Sounds she, like Big Brother. You know, when they're saying, I love you. You're like, it's been yeah, four exactly. days. Calm down. It's like, come on, get a grip. So she, she throws the dagger down and she decides to live her life and, and go on. And she goes on some amazing adventures. She meets people who change her. She finds herself. She, she meets a new love interest. But then the twist is that the whole time Romeo didn't actually drink poison, but he drank a sleeping potion. So he's actually still alive. He hears that she's kind of moved on and he comes in to kind of mess everything up. So it's a really interesting twist on the character. It's not your like typical love interest. He is obviously still like a hopeless romantic, but he's also got this like bad boy side to him. Bit of an edge. He's a bit of a rock star, which is bit like Jordan (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's a lot of fun it's so much fun would you say that's kind of the best thing that's happened in your career definitely one of like I am I am loving it I would say when I did Battle of Hell that was I've got such fond memories of that because that was kind of essentially what gave me my break in the industry it was my first West End job I was the alternate so I was playing the lead maybe twice a week and then great way of not ruining your voice right (laughs) Exactly. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're high songs. Uh-huh, very high. But then I was lucky enough midway through the contract to take over the part full time. And that was just like the most bizarre year ever because I was finally doing what I've always wanted to do. And then I, I weirdly had this feeling in me when I started the job that I was going to be playing the part full time at some point. It's so strange. That's, that's you probably made it happen. Uh, maybe. By doing maybe that. this is all the, yeah. yeah, like putting it out into the universe. But I did feel like it was the part was kind of made for me and I wanted, I just wanted to do it so badly. And then things just happened. And the guy that was playing the lead, he went to America to play the lead and they asked me to take over. So yeah, that was life changing. That I would say is like probably my fondest job that I've done, but I am absolutely loving this one as well. You've got a big fan base as well, haven't you? So many, (laughs) so many lovely young 16 year old girls who that's so sweet so sweet I mean a, a joint friend of ours uh, Lucy Jones who's uh, been doing Waitress she's had like the fangirls as well yeah and they come does. and see your show multiple times Most, some people come six seven times a week that's crazy a week. one woman she's seen Anne Juliet 300 times no, oh my something goodness like that. do you and know I, her name Elaine oh good you just made it up then if you <laughs> no it is it is <laughs> No, no, no. Sorry, I'm thinking Battle of Hell. She came to see Battle of Hell 350 times. Wow. Her name's Elaine. I sh- maybe I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say her name, but it could be any, any Elaine. It could be any Elaine. You didn't name check her in a sense. The whole name, like no. a middle name, exactly. which Just is Florence. Elaine. It's not. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. That's amazing. So um, your kind of best thing about music is kind of 80s music with yeah. a little bit of J.P. Cooper, 1975, and obviously your first debut onto the Western stage mm-hmm. on Battle of Hell. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not very good at giving you one answer, am I? You're not, but it's fine. You don't need to. (laughs) Next up, we're going to be talking about film and TV. So I know a lot of people have been watching a lot of films and a lot of TV, just having to be inside. Mm -hmm. Did you watch Tiger King? Oh God, yeah, Tiger King. (laughs) Tiger King was amazing. I've... 
I, I love like documentary series anyway, but that was like, I've never seen anything like it. It was seriously creepy. Creepy, but also funny and entertaining. And like, for some reason, we kind of saw the the funny side of the fact that this woman might have killed her husband and fed him to the tigers. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Hello, kitty caddies. <laughs> Hello. Hi, I mean, you cool cat. What is it? Cool cats and cool kittens. Cats and kittens. <laughs> it's just the way she said it. She said it in such a sort of. Um, um, Hi, you cool cats and kittens. Yeah, so, hey, so how you doing? So Stop it now. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it was completely and utterly rubbish. Like, it was it great, was, but yeah. it was terrible. It was would- definitely trash TV. But it, it makes you feel better about your life. That's how I would never watch it again. I think I probably would. You would know, you? In a couple of years' time, once I've forgotten what it's about. I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating watching Don't Mess With Cats. I'm just not sorry. Oh, that is... Um, Did you watch that? I've seen it. That is very messed up. Whoa. You should see it. If you're interested in that kind of thing, then yeah. Like in terms of crime series, because... That's my favorite. That's my favorite genre. So is it really? Yeah, it is. It's weird that you started talking. Look about at this. me, straight into it. It's straight like we've been talking it. before, but we weren't because we just sat in silence. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, what is the best thing about TV and film for you? For me, I am always drawn to like the documentary series, just because I can always relate to something that is true. Like, obviously, acting, love it. <laughs> like, trained in it, but um, yeah, it's kind of my escape to watch. I love true crime documentaries like Making a Murderer, The Keepers, recently watched The Innocence Files on Netflix, which is... Is it good? It's so good. Really, really sad. But it's all about how, like, the judicial system in the States is so messed up, which we <laughs> pretty much know. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but yeah, it's just so interesting, like, seeing these people who have been wrongfully convicted for crimes and stuff like that. I feel like if I wasn't to become an actor, I'd probably want to go in the direction of maybe like forensic psychology or something to do with law. So yeah, I'm really interested by that. It is a game, isn't it? Though they they sort of say with the sort of law and the jury and how you turn out and what do you look like and what's your backstory and stuff like that. And yeah. it's it's really really tough. I've I've never had to do any jury service. No, yet. Me have you, have you not, would I you actually, like to do it? I actually I'm desperate to do it. I know people say like, oh god, jury service, and they always try and get out of it. For me, I would love it if I got jury service. As long as you get a good case, you want a good yeah, case. you want a good case. You don't want like somebody that stole a comb from W H Smith. I mean, I want that one. So that, <laughs> so that you get get to go home <laughs> earlier. Go home. <laughs> Guilty. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I've I'm a lover of cinema and I go to cinema all the time when I could go and it it's been a bit different now. I've sort of been more watching TV programs. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I've been watching a lot of Friends. Oh God, okay, let's not get started on Friends. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, you oh, wait, are you, you don't like Friends? So I'm one of the <gasps> I'm one of the the minority who cannot bear it wow. I, I just I hate it I'm sorry I like I've this. said it I've said it but it's just not for me I think it's because every time I've watched Friends with people no one laughs <laughs> like do you really find it funny yeah people say like our oh, friends are so funny but they just sit there and watch it in silence and it's just like background TV. It does nothing for me. But then I like Rick and Morty, so I can't really talk. So I'm all oh, over see, the I've place never really seen, never really seen that. But I think to. I'd be more into that. Yeah. No, it is good. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to out you more of any other TV <laughs> programs that you don't like that are massive programs, uh, Game of Thrones. And if people like. are going to come for me. They, they are going to come for you. Uh, so documentary-wise, what ones sort of rock your boat? What's, uh, I mean, you sort of said uh, Making a Murder and stuff yeah, like that and The Innocent Files. Um, is there been anything you're just like that is or something that's not happened and you'd be like that would be really interesting to talk about or oh do you know actually like a really old old tale of um leo frank oh there's a musical about it actually called parade which is about leo frank who was 
he was basically hung for this crime that he didn't do and it was so, it was like major news at the time it was back at like i think it was like 1920s so i might be completely wrong it might have been earlier than that we'll fact check that don't worry yeah we'll but it was like it. one of the biggest cases at that time but i haven't seen any documentaries on that yet i think that would be a really great one there you go maybe something you could do maybe i should make it but the thing with that is probably nobody is alive that was around from that time so it wouldn't be very interesting there'd be no one to interview the trial of Jewish factory manager Leo Frank took place in 1913. The musical Parade first premiered on Broadway in December 1998. Are you a film buff? Do you, do you watch many films? I do, yeah. I, lo- I love films. I love horror films. Oh, Yeah. You're quite f- dark, aren't you? You're goth oh, yeah. past, you're going holiday by yourself, you're sitting crying. There's a theme. <laughs> like, I'm going to say it again. I'm a mess. Are you okay? I need therapy. <laughs> I don't think you do. I think what you do is you're, you're getting out in a good way. Maybe th- maybe that's it. Yeah. That is a good way. Um, horror films. Go on and let's go. Um, I'm a bit of a horror fan as well. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. Have what? you seen any good ones recently? Um, Not recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any good horror films I know. There is, it's hard to come by. There is one on Netflix called Apostle, Ooh. which is one of the best horror films I've seen. No way. Because it is genuinely like quite terrifying. I live by myself, and I, my my house is a bit glass, so I do worry about like zombies. Yeah, this actually, I would be as, dead first. As lovely as your house is, this is not the kind of place you want to watch a horror film. No, you're in. I'll be I'll be <laughs> dead first. It's fine. Um, okay, so it's called the Apostle. It's called yeah, Apostle. 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 It's about a cult and creepy things happen, but yeah, watch it. I watch Midsummer. Uh, which is um, a bunch of American kids. They go off to a Scandinavian country, and there's kind of uh, a um, there's something that happens every sort of ten years, and oh, it gets really dark. Okay, and, I'm sorry. Yeah, and it's kind of they take hallucinogenics like mushrooms, right? And then those are things kind of happen, and it's yeah, it's it's a good film to watch. Actually, okay, I actually see. weirdly enough, I watched it on a, on a, on a train. Which, by the way, people behind me looking at me like. What are you watching? I mean, like there was like nudity and like everything, and then uh, um, and my friend was coming over to say, and he said, "Oh, what should we watch tonight?" And I was like, "I think we should watch this film that I watched uh, today." He went, "What?" I was like, "I need to watch it again." You loved it that much. It was two and a half hours long, and I watched wow. it twice. It was five hours of watching the same film. Is it because you felt like you missed out on some? No, I just wanted to watch it again. Wow. Okay, I need to watch that then. Yeah. No, it's a really, really good film. Um, what else? I, have you seen? Have you seen Descent? Yes, where they go on, they go down caving. in the caves. That's creepy, actually. It, no, because it's claustrophobic. Because you don't know anything's down there yet, and the actual scary thing is, it's you're getting locked down there because right. all the things start falling down. And do you oh. get more scared at like supernatural films or like horror films that could actually happen, like somebody breaking into your house? Yeah, I think like like. Things like slasher movies like The Purge and, and stuff like that or oh, Scream yeah, back in the day and uh-huh. stuff. I think I, I'm not really a I don't really get that scared. But no. then saying that, uh, people used to hide in my wardrobes like friends and stuff and then come out and, <laughs> and like, oh my God, like those sort of things God. you see on, uh, on TikTok and stuff. But yeah, I just, I feel like when it comes to sort of scary films, it's more about if I'm by myself if I'm with someone, yeah, I'm normally fine. Then your fine. mind just goes into overdrive. Because my dog will make some weird noise, and I'll be like, <laughs> and I won't be able to sleep for the rest and of the And she's cute, but I don't think she would be able to save you. <laughs> she's definitely not saving me. She did once growl at a wall and just stare at it, and I was like, oh my goodness, I need to not live in this house anymore. It's fine. <laughs> but it's cool. Um, that's kind of, I, I, I didn't think that was going to uh, come for you, that you would be a big fan of sort of horror films and documentaries. Are yeah. you a Louis Theroux fan? Do you like yeah, it? I love Louis Theroux. Um, love all those kind of documentaries. 
the, I'd say I'm not really into comedies, actually. That's the, that's the genre that just I never Just don't like watch. laughing, that's why. I'm just very no sad. no at friends. I'm a very so. sad person, yeah. <laughs> no, I just, um, it's just, yeah, it's not my genre of choice, I guess. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know why. Because you're so jolly and cheerful anyway, you don't need those uh, Maybe, funny yeah. moments. Have you, seen, uh, have you seen Afterlife with uh, Ricky Gervais? No, actually, but I would like to start that. It's a good He's one. He's a local, isn't he? He Richard is a good Rich. one, yeah, from Whitley. From Whitley. Yeah, not, from Whitley. Yeah, not far no. from here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, uh, people sort of, I think people do it with actors, and they, I think they do it with comedians, that they have someone they like, or they don't like, and then they won't watch any of that stuff, or they watch only that stuff. Right. But Ricky has transcended, and I think that, um, I'm a big fan of him anyway, mm-hmm. but Afterlife, series, season one particularly, is so dark but hilariously funny I'll, I'll let you know right. you'll laugh okay you will laugh i'd probably be into it but it is dark sounds like have you seen killing eve yeah of course because that's obviously very funny but also very dark yeah i tell you what was really good the end of homeland i don't know if you've seen any no, of homeland no but it's, it's there waiting for you okay i'm, I'm gonna, gonna let you know eight that. series but good eight. luck <laughs> oh, see i haven't known listen it's my confession i've never even i've never seen Okay, so he doesn't like Friends or um, hasn't seen Game of Thrones, but it's at just the same too, it's time, too much of a commitment right now. It is a commitment, but it is way worth it. I've heard that, yeah. It at one point it was the best TV program I'd ever watched, wow. ever, and I didn't want to, and I went to season one four times before I got into it. Really? Yep. Okay, so it's quite slow on the uptake. Oh, I just didn't care. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I I lose interest quickly yeah. if it doesn't grab me. So. Yeah, maybe I'll persist. That's why I like films because it's just over in two hours. I need I need like a quarantine period to to happen so that I can. <laughs> I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, cool. Uh, guess what? We're going to be talking about something completely random. I can't wait to find out what it is. I think it's about Greek mythology. Yeah, why not? <laughs> So. Something random part and the best thing. Very uh, random. <laughs> um, you kind of told me this because I said, oh, send me over some notes about what I can introduce you with. And you're just like, oh, you know what you're doing and playing Romeo and, you know, guitar and songwriting. Uh-huh. And then apparently Greek mythology. <laughs> what's, what's this all about? So, yeah, I've just always been really interested in Greek mythology. It's just, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I remember at school, like, hearing the tales of like the Greek gods and monsters and like Medusa and like Orpheus and all of these incredible stories and just like loving the adventure of it so much and so it's something that I've recently rediscovered about probably two years ago there's this musical that's in that was in the West End called Hades Town which is now on Broadway it's like the biggest show on Broadway it just won all of these Tony Awards and that's based on the Greek myth of Hades and so when I saw that, it like brought me back to like... Even your eyes now light up. up. <laughs> it just like took me back to this time when I was like learning about them all and found it so fascinating. And so since then, it's kind of reignited this fire. So like all I read at the moment is like books on Greek mythology. I'm reading Mythos at the moment by Stephen Fry. Um, yeah, it's just... Do you know much about Greek mythology? Absolutely nothing. No? Nothing. I feel like it's... Educate me, come on. I just feel like it's super interesting and should be taught because... Each story like has such profound morals t- to them. And I think when you're younger, you we learn about Christianity and the Bible. And that's something I never could relate to because I, I'm not religious really in the slightest. And 
I didn't really, I don't know, I couldn't relate to those stories in the Bible, but this, I think it's because they're myths and like the Greeks, they didn't try and hide the fact that they were myths. They didn't, they never said, oh, we believe that this actually did happen. It was just to kind of teach people that this, these are the ways that you should live your life and and to teach people morals. And yeah, so it's it's just something that I've, I feel like we should learn more about. <laughs> what, what have you learned from it yourself? Like what, what sort of morals do you reckon that you've, thought, you've sort of taken from it in life? I think it just um, teaches you not to be like a, a rash, impulsive person, which I can be very impulsive and like live in the moment and just say what I want to say or do what I want to do. And in the Greek myths, if that happens, normally tragedy happens, <laughs> comes back and bites you. Um, so I think it's, yeah, just about instilling like these qualities in you um and then there's obviously like my one of my favorite myths is um about orpheus and eurydice which is he he basically went down to the underworld to to fetch his lover and take her out of the underworld but he had to perform this task where he wasn't allowed to turn around to see if she was following him and if he did turn around then she would have to stay in the underworld forever oh wow and so they're like walking out of the underworld it's taking them weeks and just as he gets to the end he turns around just to make sure that she is there. And he could have just gone two more steps and she would have been safe in there forever. But it's the fact that he let his mind get, get the better of him. And I think that's such a profound story because we always let our mind get the better of us. And our mind, we let our mind control us rather than us controlling our mind. And so it's just about controlling that, like not letting that doubt to come into your mind and trusting and yeah just there's so much i take from it i'm rambling but You're so deep like i kind of love that kind of like uh, thoughts and and just like the, the the morals and the myths and stuff of like that and you kind of take them on i guess people do that in religion you know there's yeah. elements of you know thou shalt love neighbor and you know all those sort of mm-hmm. things and um it, it, do you get this from family or just this just from you oh just me <laughs> nobody in my family could be like oh he's got the book out again (laughs) yeah they're not even slightly interested i don't think they know the first thing about it um i don't know where it came from i did philosophy for a level so maybe it's something to do with that as well um but yeah i think i just found it fascinating like imagining these monsters like medusa that had like all these snakes and her hair and i just think it's kind of cool and fabulous and like nuts <laughs> and we all know about Medusa you know what I mean we, do, we, yeah. we all know about that and maybe it's come cartoons and stuff like that that kind of came through but it has been slightly drip fed but probably not enough right yeah not enough I don't think I, I, I bet kids nowadays probably don't know the first thing about it I don't know if it gets taught in schools well, we can find out we'll fact, we'll fact check in that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, it, maybe it doesn't or maybe like a, maybe like a term or like a, a class session or yeah, something that right. they, they build something out of paper mache <laughs> yeah and the thing is that I'm, that I'm learning at the moment from reading Stephen Fry's book is that so much of our language now comes from these Greek myths that we wouldn't even know I can't even think off the top of my head <laughs> but there's so many and there's all these footnotes that he writes at the bottom of each page there's a there's a funny um, I don't know if you know the story about Stephen Fry. So he uh, read all the Harry Potter books. Yeah, he did. He he was the the guy that did the audio. The main main guy, and I don't know. He said this uh, um, on uh, Graham Norton, I think, or uh, what's it on his radio show? Anyway, and he said that he was talking to J.K. Rowling, and uh, he was just like, oh, "There's there's one phrase that I can't say," and uh, and. And she was like, what is it? And he was like, oh, it's uh, Harry Potter. How- I can't even say it. I can't even say it. <laughs> Harry Potter pocketed it. 
Harry Potter pocketed it. Yeah. He said <laughs> the pocketed it. It's quite hard. It. Yeah. He said, do you mind if, and he was, this is the first book, he said, do you mind if I just say, put it in his pocket? And J.K. Rowling <laughs> went, no. And then she wrote it in every book. <laughs> really? <laughs> just so we had to Everyone at home is going to be doing, Harry Potter pocketed, pocketed it. it. Pocketed it. Pocketed it. Pocketed it. Yeah, he's great. He's he great, is. isn't he? I was surprised, actually, that he didn't have a part in one of the movies. He's he's like a English thespian veteran yeah and really they had all of them in it maybe he just didn't have time or didn't understand it or just you know i mean a part for him or he knew he was going to do the audiobooks and just like maybe it's too close to do that and yeah yeah i'm a big stephen fry fan i mean i I think he's probably one of the most intelligent minds that i know absolutely yeah of 100 percent. anything he does or you know i definitely up for watching or listening and and uh and you know he's didn't he read hasn't he read read all of Shakespeare like he's yeah, done every like a podcast single, like he's just a, like he's just a genius book. on the classics so like Shakespeare Greek mythology like Greek mythology is one of his main passions which where does he have the time he does QI and like you know literally he <laughs> well, did I think QI he's, he's probably not on social media like our generation yeah, probably. Like, I am kind of envious of that the, the fact that the generations before us didn't have the distractions that we do because we're all kind of guilty of getting distracted by Instagram and Facebook and I try and look at that thing on your phone that tells you how much screen oh, time you've been using. I can't do that, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. Sometimes I go to bed, it says like, you've spent two and a half hours on social media and I'm like, that, that is time I will never get back. No, the problem about it is though, I deleted um, social media from my phone which have really annoyed people because people are like, are you okay? You haven't, <laughs> you haven't posted, are you okay? And I don't really post a lot anyway, but they're like, are you okay? Um, <laughs> and a week later I looked on my phone and to see like oh, I bet I haven't been on my phone as much uh-huh. it said uh, you spent three hours looking at the weather app <laughs> so I'm just addicted to the phone so praying for the weather nothing, to nothing to do with the app it was the phone right I'm but at least it's not social media it's, it's better for your brain maybe, maybe social media is the Greek mythology of the future Maybe we might be Perhaps. learning stuff from that. I don't know. Perhaps. Creativity from if you look at if you look at some people's stories and some people's stuff that they do, it, it could be amazing. And we're we're looking at all the fluff around it, but actually there may be something in there that we could sort of take away. Oh, absolutely! I think it's definitely a good thing mm-hmm. that we've got it. Like the amount of jobs that have come from social media, like that kind of thing. But I just I do think it's all about moderation, and I'm trying to teach myself not to spend so much time doing it. And I find the best way that I'm dealing with that is during lockdown. Okay, so every morning when I wake up, I don't let myself go on my phone for two hours. Whoa. And, I, I, and the first thing you do when you wake up is you reach for your phone. You and do. you see what messages you've got mm-hmm. or you check Instagram. And that time just goes. And I, and I read somewhere that that is so bad for your brain. The radio waves first thing in the morning from your phone. You need to like go outside and like get fresh air, have some water, have some breakfast. So now I go outside and I read my book and I give myself two hours and then I can check my phone. I mean, I think we all need to be a bit more Jordan Gage. You've been an amazing guest. Thank, Thank you so you. much for telling me about your five best things as well. Have you had a good time? So much fun. Thanks I've made you me. say that. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hopefully, and good luck with everything you're doing in the future. And uh, when you get back into playing Romeo as well, yeah. I'm definitely going to come see oh, it. Oh yeah, come see it. Your style. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well done for getting to the end of the podcast. Today's fat chicken answer. The fact is that there's more people alive today than have ever died. It's untrue. There's actually been 108.5 billion people born and there's only 7.8 billion alive today. See you next time.
just a few thank yous for the end of the podcast to our wonderful guest Jordan Luke Gage also to Adam Harris with his fat chicken duties Bethia Beats bringing us some of the best in new music and of course the legend himself and the architect of this podcast yes Professor Ollie Giyu thank you so much for your editing skills now on Bethia's Beats track this is Brooke and Reasoning Sweet. 